Hey friends, and welcome back to the Alex Makes VR podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about the most common mistake that people make when they start creating for virtual reality. But before we dive into that, are you a new listener to the show or have you been listening for a while and haven't reached out to say hello yet? If that sounds like you, my friend, please, please, please hit me up on any of the social media sites to say hello. Tell me about yourself. Tell me about where you're at, what what brings you uh, to the kind of VR industry. Are you looking to get into it? Are you already into it? Are you a creator? Are you more of a business person? I would love to connect with more of you listeners of this show. One of the most fulfilling parts of 2020 was getting to kind of know so many of you that listen. And I know that there's loads more of you who haven't reached out to say hello yet. So please, I don't bite. Reach out on any social media platform. It's Alex Makes VR. Also, to accompany these episodes every single week on a Monday morning, I send out a newsletter that gives you the kind of overview of the episode and the kind of key takeaways so that you've got that stored, that information stored in your inbox for you to get access to. Um, If you ever think, oh yeah, I remember her saying something about X, Y, Z. Let me just go back through the emails. Historically, that might include like email templates for getting new clients, step-by-step processes for marketing your services, all sorts of stuff. If you want to sign up for the newsletter, do that at alexmakesvr.com. So let's jump straight in. The most common mistake that I see people make and the most common mistake that I still make to this day, and it's a constant battle to remind myself to check in on this every time I start a new piece, the most common mistake is that people don't think about how the end user will be consuming this project. Whether it's a 360 video, a VR game, a social platform, a virtual event, whatever it is that someone creates for virtual reality, as in something that someone creates for someone to consume in a headset, the number one mistake I see is that people don't fully, fully kind of think about and anticipate how the end user will be consuming it. Now, what I mean by that is everything, everything that happens before and during and to some extent after someone gets their headset, puts it on, experiences the thing that you've created. They don't think about the context in which all of that is happening. Now, why is that so important? The reason it's so important is because one of the biggest hurdles we have as VR creators is a lot of the time we have to overcome so many obstacles before a user even experiences our work. It's not the same as publishing something on YouTube. And of course, that comes with its own challenges. But the using a smartphone, using the YouTube app, 99% of people have got that down, right? As in, of course, there's going to be some tech illiterate people that might need a hand. And, you know, you're probably not going to send a YouTube link to a 95-year-old. Although, I'm not going to lie, 
I do know some pretty tech-savvy grannies. So that's a bit of a generalisation. But do you know what I mean? Like, you don't have the same friction. When it comes to VR, there is so many things that have to happen before that person is comfortably in a headset and on your app that I don't think enough people consider those things when it comes to their project. This could be anything from where is the person when they're consuming this? Is this piece you're making for someone who is watching at home? And if, it, if they're watching at home, are you expecting them to have a lot of space? Because most people don't have the luxury of having a lot of space. You know, I can just about... <laughs> measure out a nice little clear area to play Beat Saber sometimes, but I sometimes end up whacking the fridge. So, you know, thinking about the actual practicalities of it, where is this person consuming it? Is this piece created for a group showing? And if so, have you taken into, have you taken into consideration the fact that, well, if it's a group showing, then most likely there's going to be quite limited mobility for those people. They're probably going to be sat. And even if they are on swivel chairs, they will most likely be static because that is how people behave when they are in a group setting. People aren't probably going to be flailing around and like looking around and being really inquisitive and engaged with a 360 video if they're in a big group setting they'll most likely do a little bit of exploration but they'll need a lot of guidance they'll need a lot of nudging with the directing um and most likely you'll want to put most of the action happening in the front 180 degrees versus a VR arcade, like is, is your piece meant to be consumed in a VR arcade? In which case, okay, so it's a totally different vibe. What's that person's mindset when they go into a VR arcade? They're there for an, for an experience. They're most likely there with a group of friends or like a partner or, or you know, a sibling, whatever it might be. They, they're there because they, they want this shared experience. They want to be able to discuss something afterwards. They want to be hyped. They want high energy probably. You know, it's a totally totally different vibe versus someone who's at home who's maybe using their headset more practically maybe they're using it at work but if they're using it at work like do they have a specific time kind of frame that they need to use it if they're a woman like you know is there all the the thing of they might be wearing their hair and makeup in a certain way that will maybe make them not want to wear the headset for as long these are all real real problems and factors that need to be considered when creating for VR. Even if you're creating a simple 360 photo or video that will end up on YouTube or Facebook to be consumed that way, that's obviously totally different. And obviously, if you're consuming it on a mobile without a headset, that's not that's not VR, that's 360, which is kind of separate and a separate topic. Um, but even if like, say, for example, you're creating a piece that you want to be experienced in like a Google Cardboard just at home or one of those kind of, you know, the ones that use a phone uh, and just a simple plastic or cardboard setup that you just shove your phone into. If someone's using that, then maybe you need to build in a kind of an intro piece that says, are you using cardboard? You know, I'm going to do a countdown. 
maybe it's like instructions because some people won't know how to do it or maybe yeah you want to build in like a nice buffer time at the beginning because it's a bit fiddly pressing play and then switching it into cardboard mode and then putting it in a headset even if you're using a cardboard uh, situation with a client, for example, you need to think about that. Like I know a lot of people to get around uh, the COVID restrictions on uh, and the hygiene restrictions on using the, uh, the more high-end headsets, they're using just disposable one-off cardboards with uh, clients and patients. So the idea being that they make a piece and they just roll it out onto something like uh, like a cardboard headset which for those of you who don't know is just basically exactly what it sounds like. It's like a little cardboard headset with some um, kind of plastic lenses, which you can put your phone into and it turns it into a very, very lo-fi VR headset. But I know loads of people that are using those with clients at the moment because they have to, because there's just too much restrictions. There's too much, um, what's the word? Uh, Oh, I'm trying to think of the word, you know, when like someone hesitant, there's there's too much kind of hesitation and there's too much anxiety around someone putting a VR headset on their face that might, you know, that's foam and that has like kind of a cloth interior and might, you know, oh, is that clean? I'm not sure I want to put that on my face. What if someone else is... All of those things. So you might be rolling something out on a cardboard, but you've created an experience that you know, jump straight in and someone's like missed half of it because they've, you know, they've pressed play, but then they've like, they're fiddling, trying to get it in the headset and, oh, can't quite see because the phone's like not quite lined up. So build in a buffer, like build, maybe even have like an intro sequence that is someone introducing the piece, you know, virtually kind of saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not there to, to kind of demo this for you so let me talk you through what you need to do and then once you're comfortable we'll get into the experience and then build in like a little buffer time or if you're creating a drama let's say this is something that I'm kind of up against at the moment and thinking about when you're creating a kind of more like a, a drama like an entertainment piece that you want people to consume thinking about, well, what mood, what headspace do I need them to be in? And how do I make sure that even if they've had a bit of a faff getting the headset on, even if it's been a bit clunky of an experience, or even if it's in a kind of festival setting where there is still a bit of like social kind of anxiety, how do I eliminate that in the first 30 seconds? How do I use sound? How do I use action? How do I make that first setting that first scene so powerful that it takes away all of that preamble all of that faff that took to be to took for that person to get to that first scene do you know what I mean do you kind of get where I'm going with, with this so I think the most common mistake that people make is that they just kind of think about the fact that well most of us listening, if you are creating for VR, even if you're relatively new to it, you're obviously quite well versed with it. So it's quite simple. It's not a simple workflow, but it's obviously very different creating something as it is consuming something. So we sometimes don't think about 
what that might look like. Like, I remember um, the last time, and this is going about a long time now, thinking about it, because we've been in lockdown for almost a year, but the last time I had, like, a bit of, like, a cocktail party with my friends, and we got the VR headset out because it's always amusing, and my friends always kind of, like, love to, like, get the headset out when they they have access to it, a.k.a. when when I'm hosting. And um, we put something on for someone to see, but they didn't want to like necessarily miss out on what was going on in the room. Um, So they didn't put the headphones on. So they wanted the volume down. And so the thing that they were trying to do, I think it was like a space, it was like an ISS kind of thing. And you have to like navigate around the space kind of ship. Um, But the instructions, they weren't visual. They were audio. They were kind of like audible instructions that told you what to do. Um, but they completely missed those instructions, obviously, because they got the volume down because it was in a group setting. Now, of course, the creator of that piece couldn't necessarily anticipate that, but maybe have a think about that. Have a think about if if your piece were to be shown in that kind of setting where someone doesn't necessarily want to put the headphones full blast because they are conscious of their surroundings, have you got a visual aid is your piece as visually impactful as possible so that it still will have some kind of desired effect, even if they do have the volume down? Do you know what I mean? Do do you see, I hope that, um, I feel like the statement I'm making probably resonates with a lot of you, but I'm trying to think of like an examples and it's a little bit harder, but I think the most common thing, the most common mistake is not thinking about the fact that the context in which someone watches VR is just, if not more important than the piece itself. So factoring in those things, trying to pre-anticipate, um, pre-anticipate, anticipate, it's the same word, isn't it? Pre-anticipate isn't a thing. <laughs> you can't pre-anticipate, and that would be anticipating an anticipation. <laughs> Say that 12 times fast. Um, yeah, like the context in which someone consumes VR is very, very different to the way someone consumes a movie, a TV show, a YouTube video. It's all very different. And it's a bit, I guess it's similar, I guess, to why, although long form is kind of, I guess, having a bit of a comeback on on the YouTube platform, it's a bit like putting a feature film on YouTube. The context of that is people aren't on YouTube to watch long form things, generally speaking. They're there to watch short, quick bite info. The majority of people are going to YouTube, um, especially in the slightly older demographics, because they are looking for a how-to or they're looking for valuable content. You know, the younger generations, they're looking for kind of these quick bite, short, snappy, vloggy, like fast-paced editing. Like, have you seen some of the editing of those videos? Oh my God, it gives me a headache watching any of them. Maybe that makes me sound very old, but, you know, you wouldn't go there to watch like a, a half an hour, one shot, artsy, indie film necessarily but you might do if you go to Netflix because Netflix you're in a chill mood you're looking for something to like you're looking for some escapism some relaxation time it's a totally the context in which you consume something matters drastically and the thing with VR is we are still absolutely in the early stages of people 
using it. We're still in the early stages of the tech, the user intuitiveness, although it's come on leaps and bounds in the last few years, it's still nowhere near the fluidity of something like a smartphone, which we are all so well versed with now. So just take that into consideration. The next time you're creating something, whether it's for a client or an end audience, just take a moment to map out that journey. What what circumstances is someone going to consume this? Okay, that's it for this week's episode. Let me know whether this resonated with you. If you go back now and look at some of the pieces you've created in recent history, did you consider the context in which someone was consuming them? I know for a fact, when I look back at especially my early pieces, but even some of the pieces that I've written recently, I have had to come to terms with the fact that I didn't necessarily fully Uh, consider the context in which someone was consuming it. Currently, right now, I'm working on my next original VR drama, Bad News. I talked about it in last week's episode. I'm going to shortly, I'm not sure when, but I'm shortly going to start releasing episodes, probably on a different day, maybe like a Friday or a Wednesday or something, that are exclusively looking at the behind the scenes of making that piece to bring you along the journey. Uh, If you're interested, keep an eye out for them. Um, But with that, I'm having to like drastically change the context in which someone consumes that because originally the distribution plan for for bad news was going to be that it we would try and send it out to festivals and then afterwards we would do pop-up VR cinemas. We would, um, you know, take it on the road and combine it with like workshops around creating narrative VR. We would use it as part of kind of like research to understand how new audiences like, um, you know, like drama pieces. Now it's most likely not going to be not going to be kind of shown in that context for quite a while because of COVID. Um, So now what does that distribution look like? Well, most likely it will be rolled out to people that already own headsets. What does that mean for the piece itself? It means that most likely the people that are going to be consuming it have very, very, very different expectations of VR than someone who has never ever put on a VR headset before. So that drastically changes the format, the context, some of the things that we might factor in technically when creating the piece. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm still absolutely going to kind of stick with my guns and create a piece that I want to be aimed at more first-time users, more... Um, you know, people looking for entertainment content rather than gaming content. But not going to lie, bloody COVID properly messed with my plans on that one because I have to consider the context in which someone's going to consume this piece. But even if it might be, you know, thinking about doing a cardboard release or something like that, having an app that someone can download on their phone and then watching a VR headset, you know, if we're going to do that, thinking about that opening scene, thinking about adding an intro to allow people to, you know, go through that process of putting it on and adjusting it and getting comfortable, maybe even adjusting the length because a cardboard headset is not going to be as comfortable for as long as um, a Quest, for example. So context matters. I don't want to be a party pooper and say that you can't make your art. Go do whatever you want. But please, please, please consider the context in which someone is consuming your VR experience.
That's it for this week's episode. Like I say, it would mean the world to me if you reached out and introduced yourself. Let me know who you are, where you're at in your journey. Was this useful? All of that kind of stuff helps. If you've if you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with a friend or shared it on your social media or just left a review. These things really help um, help other people discover the podcast because podcast isn't very innately SEO friendly. Um, so it would mean the world if you would do that, if you're getting value from this. I guess that's it. I feel like I was a bit on a roll there and I could probably ramble about that topic for a lot longer, but I'm going to spare you because it's already 20 minutes long. So have a great week wherever you are in the world and I will speak to you next Monday.